Soft Podcast, the number one C800 podcast, and the only C800 podcast that I know of. And it doesn't matter if there are others, because this is the best C800 podcast ever, period. If you disagree, go and f*** yourself. Join the Jim Cook as he interviews all the stars of C800 with successful interviews, such as the dictator of C.A.W., Joe Walsh, Kelly Bedlam, Alex James, the Jabroni Cuddle Green, Hankin Worldwide, Mick McManus, the B.U.A.G. Sean O'Connor, the King Bobby Mitchell, and the Cup Hopkins brand, Benjamin Elrond Hopkins, the F.W.C. Clark with the Jetco, you're listening to the FWZ podcast with me, the Jamco, here each and every week to give you some weekly dose of whatever the hell I'm going to bring out to you. And today is going to be a great day. It's going to be an interesting uh, interview. I'm going to be talking to AJ Mamba, the man who was responsible for DWF in the C.A.W. world, if you're part of that, but also A.G. Mumba going into his own little route, going down his own road into the rap game, into the hip-hop game, and we're going to be discussing that, we're going to be discussing C.W., we're going to be discussing all that stuff right now, and any questions that you may have for him, we're going to hopefully address as a little bit of a mystery around what A.J. Mumba's doing right now, where he's going, but I'm going to do that and uh, obviously talk to him about these things. Before we do, I've got to take a pause for the cause and say a lot of different things I've got to mention to the fans here. FWZ Event Horizon just came out. We just came out for the show 11 of uh, the regular show. And i got to say, I appreciate the feedback we had on that. A lot of people loving the uh, the ending. And this, uh, as we record this, will be the day that it airs, this uh, podcast. So technically it came out just yesterday. So I don't want to give too much away on the ending, but the ending is absolutely sick. It's really, really awesome. And one thing I want to mention to you guys as well, there's a couple of different little Easter eggs in the show, which I'm hoping uh, you can try and find. A couple of fans have found some of the uh, some of the Easter eggs, some of the people that have a little small feature in the show. So if you do find it, uh, do do let me know. Do comment on the video in terms of if you find them, or even contact me personally, as these are some very clever Easter eggs as well. We're going to be kind of slowing down the the releases of some of the shows, the the next headline of the tournament and Event Horizon due to the fact that I've got to be doing a a very large core All-Stars related project. So I'm telling you all that now in case it kind of slows down with the releases. But I've been putting it off for quite a while and I need to get it done there. So I might be going away doing that for a little bit, but we will be back as soon as I've... uh, finish the the cool stars project got a couple of things we need to be doing with that then we'll launch back into the show but there will be a bit of a dip a little bit of a uh, a little bit of silence with it but i'm not going nowhere i'm going to be still here right here with you and we're going to be going into the cool star stuff and then the fwz back to the back to the tournament back to the show as well so the podcast will still be coming as well that won't stop as that's an easy thing to do we'll still be bringing you more guests and next week I kept talking about it, and I keep going enough. We will be doing the Q and A. The Q and A will be coming to you as well. Send your questions in to the Ask FM, which I've put on to the description of the podcast and some of the recent release as well. And that will be the next show. All the questions you want with me, FWZ, might bring a couple of guests on. You never know, but that's going to be an exciting show. I know people love the good old Q and A. Ask me what you like, but keep it clean, or I'm not going to answer it, am I? But enough of me jibber jabbering. I'm going to be bringing on my guest here today. This man is in 
well, kind of is still in the old CAW world, you know, for being a part of A or DWF. I'm going to say AWF. They're not that, not that bloody league. DWF. And he is also going on down his own road doing some unique stuff. Uh, on the FWC podcast, here is AJ Mumba. What's going on, man? How you doing? Hey, man. What's up? Yo, it would be crazy if I was part of AEW. I'd be like the first uh, person in call that like made it big. That would that would have been fuck. Uh, that would have been dope. <laughs> a, a, AJ Mumba's in AEW. I mean, this is what it's all about. We're, we're, you are now elite. You are now elite on the uh, on the AEW. Uh, Oh, broadcast. In fact, if you can, can you uh, can you say a few good words for me, so you can get me in? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, I'll uh, I'll talk. To, um, I'm really I'm really in with Kenny, you know, gaming and whatnot. So and That's Aubrey good. Edwards. That's good. So That's you know, I'm, I'm really in with those guys. Uh, but yeah, man, um, I'm doing I'm doing pretty good. And, and you know, it could happen. I'm a referee in the independence in the. Uh, in uh new jersey so maybe when all this chaos ends i could probably figure something out i don't know <laughs> i didn't know that do you how long have you been doing referee stuff for all right so i've been refing since uh 2017 i got trained by ring of honors brian johnson okay. and uh former ecw referee jim molineu at uh, old time wrestling um and I, it's not like I'm doing it full time. It's like a part time thing. Yeah. I do it every once in a while. Uh, definitely this year I wanted to uh, get back into that, and doing that more, and kind of showing that more publicly, showing that hey, I'm not just some super fan. I'm actually getting in there and refing, which well, uh, me and me, you know, getting in the rain, taking bumps, stuff like that. I did not know that. That sounds uh, pretty cool. Is there like a uh... Because you hear about people coming into the because we've we've got a few different uh, local ones around here. And you know people sort of getting into the business in terms of you know the wrestling schools and referee. I guess is kind of a unique route because I know they're always in need of referees sort of independence and things like that. Is that like a different okay. ball game in terms of how you learn, or is that more of just a, here's how you do it? You do this, you count to three, make sure he's not in the ropes, blah blah blah. Uh, well, it's funny, uh, Brian Johnson. He uh, basically kind of looked at me and said. You know, you've been a fan of wrestling for a long time, right? I'm like, yeah. It's just like, so you know the rules, right? I'm like, yeah. Well, enforce them. So it's basically like, <laughs> you know, it, it's it's a it's an interesting perspective because on one hand, um, you know, wrestling's scripted, and you know, there's a certain ending that all the workers in the ring are working towards, and it's you as the referee, you're there as kind of like the middleman to communicate when they can't communicate with each other to kind of uh, yes. uh, to kind of mask the uh, situations that's going on in the ring to make sure the audience kind of gets into it even more. Yeah. And it's never about you in particular. It's about the two guys that are like sitting there just breaking their bodies in yeah. front of like the crowd. So, yeah, um, cool. you know, it, it's interesting. Like on one hand, I have to treat it like a shoot but then on the other hand if they tell me a finish i have to be mindful of that and not uh be so uh, obnoxious about counting someone out <laughs> any uh any interesting you any interesting people you've met along the way oh yeah you know what i've met a lot of interesting people i've breathed a lot of people uh diana perrazzo who uh, uh yeah yeah got released uh, before she made it to WWE, about a year beforehand, I refed a bunch of her matches in uh, Jersey. A um, lot of lot of mixed tag matches, uh, but she's like, damn, like 
even back then, it's kind of weird to me seeing like how good she she was and seeing her not really get any shine in WWE. That 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 drove me nuts. Uh, I was on the same card as Leo Rush once. Oh, cool, um, yeah. Didn't get to ref that match. Um, like I said, Brian Johnson was in uh, Ring of Honor. Um, there, there, there's been a lot. Uh, okay. Been a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Matt well, Sells. I refed a lot of Matt Sells matches, and he's like a regular on AEW these days. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, it's never sunny in Matt Atlanta. That's a YouTube series that I think people yeah. should watch. <laughs> it even had Braun Strowman on it once, so I'm just saying. Oh, he, he's he's everyone's favorite uh, favorite guy at the moment. Oh yeah, Strowman, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not finished with him. Good lord. Oh God. So what I want to talk about, we're going to address the big elephant in the uh, in the room. We've warmed you up a little bit. What is uh-huh. the the situation with DWF? I mean, you were there, you were doing the regular shows like everybody else, and then you, of course, uh, mentioned, you know, well, actually, it wasn't you. It was, I think it was Sean that kind of put a post up and said, DWF's gone away, he's uh, gone yeah. to a separate career, uh, and, and that's that. And then you kind of, we didn't really hear anything for maybe a few months, and then you pop back up saying, hey, I'm back. <laughs> and um you know i might be doing something not sure what the reaction is and then that video was there and then it went and then of course you've now got this uh, this next project which we'll get into in a minute but in, in terms of what what's going on with dwf take us from the sort of beginning to, to now all right well this this might take a minute so in order for me to fully explain so i i i get called an og and called wrestling uh, and it's only because, you know, I came out at the same time Extreme Call Wrestling did. We both came out in yeah. in uh, December of 2007. Yeah. Um, and ever since then, we both kind of took completely different paths. ECW um, took, took a lot of time off, um, but stayed current with their with their uh, storytelling. Every time they came back, they continued from where they left off. Me, on the other hand, because I wanted to move on and I was so eager to uh, kind of go to the next idea that I had. I'm responsible for the whole time skip thing because I was the first one that did that. Right. And it it really it really kind of messed up uh, a lot of the storytelling that I wanted to do, uh, especially at a time when I was in college at the time. I'm a little old. Well, just before you continue, if someone wouldn't know what that is, what do you mean by time skip? Time skip is basically when an episode has been hyped up or like an event has been hyped up and because the creator didn't have the time or the, uh, or the resources to actually make the video, they'll just make like a text-based like five-minute video telling you like the results of what happened. Okay, right, fine. Um, just like that. So... So in terms of, of uh, sort of going back to what you're saying, you said you were in college and then sort of go from there. Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, it didn't help that I was in college doing this thing, you know, because uh, right. I never paid attention to storylines. My God, there was a there was a storyline of TGO where he like turned heel and face like 17 different times <laughs> in one month. And, I don't know why he's the most popular character on my show because he shouldn't be. He's basically like the big show. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it, like 
I don't know why people love him so much, but like it is what it is. Um, but yeah, like I've ever since ever since the very first time skip that I did, I've never felt fully fully good about DWF, you know, um, because not only was there just compromises to storytelling done because of these time skips, but then also as time went on, you know, I had originally gotten hacked on my original channel for okay. some reason. Um, I lost a lot of other videos since then. Um, okay. And it even, it even leads up to uh, just recently, DWF Mayhem, that first episode where I tried to bring in like other call call uh, superstars and everything like that yeah. to kind of get booked in like my uh, mind, mindset. Um, that entire episode is completely gone because of yeah. a copyright strike. And I'm just sitting there like, come on, man. Like, this is just ridiculous, you know? Yeah. And on top of that, you know, I, I, I've been pursuing entertainment for most of my adult life. And back in January, I had an opportunity that was uh, huge for me. Um, and that's kind of when I had decided that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to be satisfied with DWF. I need to step away. Um, at the time, Mayhem Episode 1 was still on YouTube. I had no idea it was going to get like deleted. Um, and basically, it was just kind of like this opportunity to do music professionally and uh, pursue that uh, legitimately. And um, fast forward to uh, the reason why everybody's quarantined right now, and that kind of fell through for me uh so i don't really have that um that uh record deal and that's all i'm gonna say about it okay uh, i don't really have that uh available to me now uh so i just kind of said you know what forget this I'm, I'm tired of trying to uh appease others with the uh, with my career and everything like that I'm going to start my own company, my own entertainment company, and we're going to focus on making YouTube content, and we're going to make all types of YouTube content, um, videos about anime, videos about music, videos about film. We're going to make short films. We're going to do whatever the hell we want, me and my business partner. And when that idea clicked in my head, I realized, holy crap, this means I could do DWF again. Yeah. Uh, because now I'm like my own boss now, but you know, I needed to figure out, you know, I, I can't just pick up and do it again. I've never done that before. Um, I, I need to be able to do something that'll get me excited about it. And then Final Fantasy VII Remake came out. Okay. And ironically, I had just finished replaying Mortal Kombat 9 before that. Yeah. And it was... These iconic franchises, not saying DWF's iconic, that's that's not what I'm trying to say here. But basically you have these franchises with well-known characters and they legitimately went back in time to their beginnings to do a retelling, a reimagining, a remake, you know? And I just said to myself, has anyone done that in car wrestling? Yeah. I don't think so. You know, like I don't think anybody's ever 
gone back to the beginning of their colleague and no. just started very first show. You know, like a, a, a system reset, basically. So I just said, you know what? If I'm going to do this for Loud Stone Entertainment, then the first thing that I actually have to do is delete all the videos because there's always like there's just copyright claims on every video. Yeah. Um, and with this being a business, I, I can't really afford to have that, you know? Yeah, sure. Um, and plus, it'll also be good for the, for the rebirth of DWF because it's a complete remake from the beginning. So, so I went back online. I found the, the card for the first WrestleMania on that call fandoms of Wiki, Wiki of Age. Oh, everyone loves and that. Yeah, and I looked at the ro- I looked at the roster at the time, and I looked at um, what the matches were from that very first show I put up on YouTube, and I basically said, you know what, I'm gonna do this. So I sat here for the past week, week and a half, recreating every superstar, kind of reimagining their look. Yeah. Um, and now I'm in the. I'm actually in the middle of recording WrestleMania uh, right now. Yeah. Uh, my goal is actually to have it up a week from today, which All is right. crazy. That's cool. Yeah, it's it's just gonna drop a week from today on a Sunday. So uh, there there it is. There's your scoop. There's the uh, scoop. For DWF's first return show is going to be on Loudstone Entertainment. It's DWF WrestleMania, where it all begins again, and it will be a week from today. So, in in regards to DWF, then, so in terms of the idea, the DWF has that kind of is that kind of gone now? Is that fizzled out? And you're basically almost rebranding it into a sort of a brand new thing. Um. Yes and no. I mean, the original idea of DWF was um, here, here, here's this league I made up while playing Here Comes the Pain with my friends. Yeah. And now that I have like recording software, I'm just kind of re- continuing our storylines through this uh, YouTube channel and stuff yeah. like that. So that's, that's really. Uh, it's really the general gist of DWF, and then it kind of grew into this completely different thing. Yeah. Um, it's very interesting because I do have a fan base that's uh, very loyal, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know why. I've let them down so many times, and I'm very upset about it. Uh, but uh, it's, just, it's just great to go back to the original characters, uh, go back to ACTP before he became this brooding uh dude that kicked people in the head and how and now he's back to being this like baby face that's just really excited for all the opportunities that's coming it's it's great to go back to keller before he was this world champion uh legend yeah and like right to the very beginning right as he just called himself the next gen game um it's also cool to unretire guys like jt money and the american eagle um and the rebel uh which is my actual character ah, in the show. yes yeah uh, you know um lord pistoia uh, who was like a, a big like time name that tried to make out to be a legend but no one really seemed to care about him but whatever um 
take young Mike and Christian Paul and bring them back to being the young ones, like this young tag team that was kind of like my rockers, you know? Um, and really just going back to the beginning, going back to like the old times, you know? Yeah. Uh, like when I first started and it was just kind of fun, you know, cause now I have a new challenge. A, how am I going to imp- implement, uh, other characters that showed up later into the story. Now. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like I will say this, Kilgore will be in this DWF, but who knows when he shows up? H. Bane will be in this DWF, who knows when he shows up? And why Mossy, Bully Nate, uh, uh, you know, a lot of different, a lot of different characters, you know? I'll even go back to like back in the old school days of like the Black Hardys and Blake Stunner Skills. Will they show up? Probably. I don't know when, though, you know, and it's just um, it's really cool to kind of go from the beginning again and now being Jesus Christ, 12 years older and actually having experience in pro wrestling, the little that I have. Yeah. And having extensive experience as a playwright, as a writer uh, for television and film. Um and as a and as a as an artist now, uh, to be this full fledged artist now that I understand wrestling a lot better and understand what it means to try to get people over and try to um, and try to like tell a story. Uh, plus, my editing game has been a lot better these yeah. days than they were back in two thousand seven. <laughs> so um, it's it's a really exciting time to try to to try to do something different. Now, this might turn off some fans, and some fans might be like, well, I, I don't like the changes already. Because I will admit, DWF WrestleMania uh, will have the same exact matches that was on the original one, but maybe not always the same exact results. Right. So yeah. it's not like, so it's not like, you know, the same, like, it's not like a complete retelling. It's something that- You're gonna press the reset button doing it the way you want to do it now as it was then right well uh, the way that i that i want to do it now and just um being able to kind of honor these characters who knows where they'll will, where they'll go from this point you know well it's kind of an interesting thing the sort of journey you've, you've taken to this because it's kind of similar to mine in the sense that you know when you're a kid you're, you're recording all the, the when you're doing all the, the caw leagues back then and you're sort of just messing around it, it's more for fun and you kind of just you know, showing everybody just some matches that you have with your friends and things like that. And then when you kind of step away and come back and you've, you're a bit more wiser as you're older and you and you think more into wrestling in terms of it being just a story than just, you know, how many spots can I get in this match? And also yeah. that the sort of bits you picked up from maybe other entertainment things, whether it be music or film and, and just writing where it doesn't necessarily come to, you know, the matches themselves. It's more the stories, the characters and sort of how you intimate that's kind of a good thing and sometimes you need to kind of go away to come back again to make that that work and as you said about editing that's kind of one thing i've found is that actually coming back from going away is actually the best thing uh that, that people can do and i think more people should sort of do that in terms of instead of just kind of doing the next show and then the next show and you're just putting out a show just for the sake of a show and think you know what can i really do to make this different maybe i just need to take a step back and, and rethink you know, what can I do as a big boom that everybody can point at and go, oh, wow, that's different. I didn't see that before. Then you just kind of cogging one out of the engine, essentially, to, to put one out. And I think that's a great thing you're doing because as well, you're 
you've kind of you've tapped into both fans in terms of maybe new fans, fans that used to watch it and know the characters, but it's kind of a way of sort of rewriting the history and saying, we're going to do this all again, but here's here's what we're going to do in uh, a unique way of, of a show that you're going to be doing. Will you be continuing the the shows sort of like a regular show on your YouTube channel with all the other stuff you're going to be doing? Yes, yes. Right. So, so it's um, like a recurring thing, right. you're going to be doing, not a one-off. Yeah, yeah. It, it's basically going to be a a showcase series. Uh, so the YouTube channel is going to be only one YouTube channel, but there's a lot of different um, avenues on the channel. Um, might be a little hard to follow, it, it, to tell you the truth, but in kind of the wrestling realm, um, you know, it, it's not just going to be DWF, but there's also going to be top ten lists. Uh, I'm going to be reviewing a lot of uh, wrestling shows because even though I have all this stuff that I do, I, I always find time to watch a pay-per-view when it happens or watch a wrestling show when it happens. Yeah. And I've, like, I've always wanted to uh, just review wrestling. You yeah. know, uh, that, that's just, that's just I feel like I'm, I'm destined to do that in some weird way, shape, or form. I think that could be, like, my contributing factor to the industry you know and then eventually if the channel grows enough maybe one day getting interviews um onto the channel with some uh independent wrestlers that i know about um yeah that could be cool yeah. yeah you know um could be cool um it would it, it would it would just be great but another thing is like this dwf thing also gives me an opportunity to be like Hey, imagine if I actually ran a company and I had uh, the resources and and the superstars available. Look at how I would book things, you know. Instead of doing like the whole fantasy booking with WWE superstars, I'm taking like yeah. characters that are variations of WWE stars and uh, u- utilizing the WWE video game. 2K19, not 2K20. 2K20 is trash. I just want to say that real quick. It is just the, it is it is cheeks, man. It's just absolute cheeks. But, uh, <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I had to I had to get that out of my system. It's okay. Because um, I I tr- I tried to remake it in 2K20 and got halfway through making. Okay. TGO, which was the first character, and I was just like, you know what? No. <laughs> it's just bad. I didn't even get through creating the guy. Man. Just... Um, but yeah, like I I want in the wrestling sphere of Loudstone Entertainment for DWF to be kind of like this core. And you know, not for nothing, but I, I get a lot of people all the time hitting me up on Instagram uh or on Facebook. Uh, just kind of out of nowhere, just saying like how much they enjoyed the show over the years. And it just, it really hit me. I, I didn't realize what I was doing mm. um, until like these people started reaching out. And it was really when Sean Walsh uh, reached out to me to be in the All-Stars Hall of Fame as DJ Wentworth yeah. um, a couple years back. And that's really when, that's really what did it for me, you know? So um it was just like wow this is actually like a real thing and you know another thing that that i that got pointed out to me the other day was um wwe just posted their uh, john cena aj styles match for money in the bank in the beginning of the match if you look at the crowd there's a dwf sign in the crowd 
Is um, that? I don't want to say that's me, but a lot of people have made it oh, out to yeah. seem like it's me. And that's not good for my ego, but <laughs> um, that that's just such a, it was just such a like shocking thing that just made yeah, me realize yeah. like, wow, this thing might be a little bit bigger than I thought. A um, little bit bigger, um, which is just amazing. It's, it's just, it's just amazing. When it when it comes to and we're going to go on to sort of the loudstone intent stuff in a moment in terms of oh, if we, yeah, if we yeah. sort of if we sort of go back sort of in the past sort of DWF as, as a whole what uh, what's your sort of because of course you're going to be sort of taking a little bit of a different route but what's your kind of relationship going to be with sort of the, the CAW communities that were core all stars those kind of groups you still kind of going to be involved with that or will you technically be separate from them? Um, I'm I'm going to be separate from them and here's why. Um, I, well, first off, it was, it's not anything against them because I loved working with them, you know, um, and just, let me just uh, name a couple of people that are just amazing. Uh, Sean Walsh is basically the lifeblood of call wrestling at this point, uh, at least in America. And, um, he's, he's been just great. Uh, a really a really good friend even though i've never met him where we live in the same city and i've never met the guy but he's just a really good person you know um yeah. eddie mack uh eddie mack is one of the most unique people in call wrestling <laughs> and um that mind is just incredible Part of me sometimes always wonder what would happen if Eddie Mack actually ran his own independent promotion. Oh, but then God. I would say like, but then at the same time I would just sit there and be like, I feel like real life just is real life can't handle Eddie Mack's booking, so <laughs> like it has to be in a video game. Oh, if you had Eddie Mack run an independent show, you'd have a guy dressed up as Smash driving different vehicles oh. into the bloody arena. <laughs> oh my God, Jesus. <laughs> Uh, man, and, and not only, uh, but there's there's even more, man. Like uh, Ray Geddes, okay. Ray Geddes. Ray Geddes is 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 he's to me um, in 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 terms of a uh, character, just character alone. He's one of the best in all of call wrestling. I ragged on him a lot on Twitter, but that was because we were working towards a match that never happened. Uh, but, um, you know, it, Ray, Ray's awesome, you know, um, and I, that's, that's a guy I wish I could meet in person and just have a beer with him, you know, for real, um, you you're about to say something or i was, I was before i was going to say i actually uh, interviewed ray on a few episodes ago he's not actually a beer drinker anymore he uh he likes gin did you know that he's more of a gin guy Ooh, yeah, okay no. so then we can, so then we can drink drink okay that's nice well can, can you can you imagine uh, going to a to a bar and seeing ray get with a gin in his little uh in his little you know cocktail glass with his little cherry in there with a the stick in the umbrella and the Ray Geddes t-shirt with all the fire and flames and everything yeah, like that. Dip it on a gin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But that's uh, that's not even all, man. Like, you know, Ray Geddes, like, I, I, I could talk for days about his character and everything like that. But the same thing could be said about the Ben Hopkins. Um, oh, not that bloody is, guy. 
God. <laughs> Everybody hates him, man. He's <laughs> such a good heel. He's so good at being a heel. It's disgusting. Oh, well, it's, uh, it's not that. He's from the uh, from the south of England, and I'm from the north, so I automatically hate him. Uh, There's heat there, you that, said. That, that, no, that I, I, I'm aware, uh, somewhat aware of that heat. Jeez. Um, uh, but, yeah, man, like, just working with him, it, it's great, you know, um, and... You know, last time I left off with those guys, it was kind of like grooming Ben Hopkins to kind of be um, the new TGO and then to have TGO kind of be the Ric Flair to his Triple H, you know? Yeah, that, yeah. That was the cool thing I wanted to do with that. But, like, there's, there's so many names. John Blackos, Jamal Bedlam, um, yeah. uh, the, uh, the the Charm City Kings, that tag team. um, um Man, just so many people. Um, I, I know I'm forgetting some, um, but they're they they're all like just great to work with. Cody Hale was awesome yeah, to work yeah. with. Um, you know, like that that is someone that should be a bigger name than she already is on um, in in car wrestling, and that creator should be damn proud of the work uh, done for Cody Hale. Uh, Carmen Cortez. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's it's interesting, because um, I, you know, I I I I ain't going to blow smoke or anything like that. I'm not going to joke around or anything like it. I've heard things about uh, working with DCA and how like interesting they are to work with and stuff like that. But to be honest with you, I've never had a problem with. Them. Well, it's interesting we kind of get into that conversation with you because this is kind of a weird conversation where most of the people I interview tend to be sort of um, sort of within that bubble as such. And it's interesting to get your take as someone that's kind of been in it for quite a long time but kind of removed themselves in a sense to kind of look in on. And, and one of the things – I wasn't really going to get into it, but I kind of thought now that you just mentioned it in terms of when you said, um, oh, people have worked with DCA and they kind of have that – they're the, they are what the sort of communities look at as kind of the, the people that are the drama queens, as it were, the ones that sort of create the dramas. For, and, and I kind of believe their own shit, as it were, where it's very much, right. you know, my character is this. And, and this to, to people, this is just another conversation that people have all the time. But having it with you is, is kind of an interesting one. And what some of the conversations I've had with previous guests have been when I ask him things, do people take it too seriously? Are people taking the character too seriously? And then we talk about a drama that happened. We talk about a situation where somebody wanted to be put this way, somebody lost and they reacted like that. And then we talk about, should they have done that? Should they have communicated with it in a, in a better way? And even though those things you said you hear about, well, we, I worked with that guy and that wasn't good, or I worked with this person, it wasn't good. They're usually the people that are so wrapped up in their own character. And I understand to a degree when you put a lot of time, when you put a lot of effort and a lot of creativity, maybe to a line where you don't put so much of yourself into it that you kind of get wrapped up in it, that if you take a loss or you work with someone and it doesn't go your way, that you kind of trash it and, oh, they're burying me. And I think, you know, you've got to remove yourself and go, you know, dude, this is just a, a video game. Relax. This isn't you. I know you're putting yourself into it, but you're taking this to heart. You're taking this personally more than you should do how much of those kind of situations did you have when you were doing dwf or even in general who you working with um i've 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 run the gamut all the time man like i've been through it a lot like i'll I'll go back to the very beginning uh there was this well first off let me just say this car wrestling to me is just it it I've never had a problem with someone using TGO. 
TGO shows up in a million goddamn colleagues, and like half of them I don't even know about. I, I'm still discovering them to this day. Okay, and yeah. I've never had a problem with it. You know why? Because TGO is a character I created in a video game. Yeah. And I put it out there online for people to take them and like people want to do what they want with uh, TGO. That's great. That's fine. I'm not even mad. I'm not even upset. But, you know, it, it just sucks that not everybody feels that way. Because first off, let's look at what wrestling is. Pro wrestling. The stuff we watch on TV. The, the events that we go to. It is a bunch of grown men and a bunch of grown women dressing up in in costume to put on a a scripted wrestling match in front of a crowd where one person knows they're going to win and one person knows they're going to lose. Yes. And, you know, people don't like to hear the term make-believe with wrestling, but mm. it is kind of make-believe. It, 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 you know what? Um, as an actor, I was able to understand it a lot better uh, because uh, to me, wrestling is kind of like the ultimate form of Meisner method, you know, um, okay. where uh, Sanford Meisner, it was just kind of like this whole, like, uh, I, like, as an actor, my character, for example, like, my character is going to go to the top rope and hit this elbow drop. And acting is the reality of doing. That's kind of how I look at uh, pursuing uh, character work as an actor. So, with that being said, I go to the top rope and I actually do an elbow drop in the top rope because acting is the reality of doing. That yes. is what wrestling is. Wrestling is acting, but it's also the reality of doing. Yes. There's nothing fake about what's going on in that ring, but it is scripted. There mm -hmm. is a point to it. Uh, and there is, there, there, there is like nuance when it's good. You know? Um, but you, you, you bring that to the fact that what we do is we take a video game that simulates that experience and we create our characters and put them out into the world, you know? For the love of God, what are you going to gain from winning all the time? What are you going to gain from, uh, from your character looking strong notoriety because that's really the only thing you're going to get from call wrestling it, it's yeah. like notoriety for your character not even necessarily you yeah. you know and i think some people get a little bit too carried away with it you know um like for example um i remember because i i mean i really didn't give a damn like i i would i would take a character from another youtube channel i would recreate the character uh from scratch and put it into my show because who cares it's a video game right yeah. um be happy that someone was was interested in using your character that you created in the first place you know yeah. like i i appreciate that people like tgo i appreciate that people like keller like acp like the rebel like like uh christian paul like all all these characters yeah but you know i remember there's this channel that had Sweet Daddy Mac. Sweet Daddy Mumbles. Mac. Yeah. Mumbles was kind of like this zombie character with like green long hair and he had like uh like blood stained on his chest that said help me with like a handprint on it. 
as well. And he was basically kind of like a Braun Strowman before Braun Strowman existed. And Sweet Daddy Mac was like basically a Apollo Creed if Apollo Creed was a wrestler and had a ridiculous 70s afro. Um, <laughs> and mutton chops. Um, and I was just like, this is amazing. And I came up with a storyline to use both those guys. So I just made them. And the guy got so mad, he actually made a video where he dis not only DWF, but all of Call Wrestling, uh, where he, he like made a bunch of like generic characters because that's kind of like the joke with DW with DWF, or like main the main criticisms I get is like my characters aren't too fantastical, they're a little bit too realistic, they're they're uh, they're too plain for Call Wrestling, and you know he just made a bunch of plain wrestlers. And kind of acted like it was like a new league coming. And then I'll never forget the edit because he goes, the screen goes, welcome to D, W, and then goes black. And then like this horror music comes on and it's just Sweet Daddy Mac and Mumbles destroying all those characters that he made, like murdering them. And the it was, it, and it was out of like pure anger at the fact that I had the unmitigated gall to be a fan and use his his quote unquote characters. You know, if they were really his, then it wouldn't be possible for me to recreate them accurately in the same video game. You know, people are strange. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a kind of interesting oh, thing because we we see that a lot with you know any type of drama or any type of situation that people get in and you know that you know they're allowed to to have a, a situation. But you know, I see it with myself, even with other people, and you know we, we talk about situations where I put this guy against this guy, and you know the, he was going to go over, but then he reacted badly because he you know he didn't want to get put over, as as the term goes, you know, with this and. You kind of you hear all the paragraphs, you hear all the excuses, you hear all the, the things to talk about. Whether yeah, but this affects my character because if you do this, then this happens, and then this guy goes over, and then what about this? And what about this? And I'm thinking a, a viewer of this wouldn't give a shit how you go over because what we do right. is creative. For me, you know, it, no, go ahead. Sorry. I was I was gonna I was gonna end with as as creators for us it's. You know what we create and how it comes out. It's not about, especially with the video game. When you think of a, a that victory scene of, you know, five to ten seconds, that's all it is. If I'm creating a match, for me, it's I'm going to make it as cool as I can without seeing the typical hard camera angle. Use a ridiculous amount of sound effects. Use a load of highlight reels so people don't go, "Oh, I'm glad that he beat him." It's more, I like that match. That was creative. That was cool. I like the visuals, all that kind of stuff. And that's more what it's about because it's the creative of us, you know, putting stuff together rather than, well, this guy went over. I'm like, nobody cares because nobody watches it. Who wins? Well, some do, but no one cares for that little victory scene. Nobody thinks, you know, this person win that person. And that analogy can work in the real wrestling business, but that's only because it's business and money's involved. Yeah. And, you know, in a weird way, and I can't believe I'm saying this, it, it, it kind of makes like the person that's the booker uh, kind of sort of understand Vince McMahon a little bit, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. and, like, you know, you got all these people and everybody wants to talk about how WWE is terrible and stuff like that. And, you know, that that's a whole different ball game. Yeah. Like, that's a whole different conversation. But, you know, it for that 
for that little bit where I where my roster was all uh, other people's cause. Yeah. It, it was, I, I was like low key about to have a panic attack a, a couple of times because yeah. I had people messaging me like, you know, uh, make sure to use this move at this particular point in this match. I'm like, come on now. Oh my or I had other people, you know, and let's be real here. Uh, some of the people that are involved in car wrestling, um, you know, they, they deal with personal problems uh, in their life. Like, you know, it's a, yeah. a lot of mental, mental health issues and this is like escapism. Yes, them, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, but, like, you know, it was just really tough for, like, there was one creator in particular, I'm not going to name him, but um, I, I used a couple of, of uh, his calls because they were really fantastic looking. I had different ideas for for those characters and getting those characters over. And uh, one character in particular um, had... Uh, particular type of theme music that's used all the time. I got no problem telling you what the theme music is because it like maybe 40% of female calls in call wrestling that are sexualized, overly sexualized come out to Katy Perry's ET. Okay. So, um, (laughs) you're really original with that one. I just want to say that real quick, but, um, I was just like, you know, let's, let's not use that song, (laughs) you know, because (laughs) that could be anybody. Uh, you know, and then like the person went and went on like a complete rage mode and even threatened to like cause himself bodily harm if I changed the song. So I ended up not even using the character. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah, yeah. it was just like it was just it was just nonsense. It was absolute nonsense. But I mean, that's just kind of like. It's just kind of how it is, you know, and that's part of the reason why I'm I'm coming back and just dealing with my own characters, yeah. Too, because it's like, you know, they're not gonna complain and whine and moan about their booking, <laughs> you know. Like <laughs> this, this is ridiculous, man. I've never even I've I've been in locker rooms where like where like wrestlers complain about finishes to matches and stuff like that, and. It never was as bad as call wrestling. I, it's I crazy, isn't it? It's nuts that that's that ends up being worse than than real wrestling, where you know where it matters with the, with the business. And, when, and you're right when we're talking about you know a lot of um, a lot of people sort of have mental health in doing this stuff. And you know I understand that this may be their only hobby, but I think that's unhealthy, and that's what leads to people you know doing stupid things or, or going online and doing all these other things. It's just, it just makes it toxic. But yeah. even, even all the things we talk about right now just strips the whole fun out of what we're doing in the first place, you know, just creating some fun stuff and, and doing some fun events. It just ruins it when you've got four different people being like, oh, I can't lose that guy. I'm like, I can't use the guy. I'm like, dude, who cares? Shut up. Yeah. Like, if you really wanted to be like that, why don't you get your ass in the ring? Exactly. Train yeah. yourself and get yourself <laughs> to a point where you can actually... Uh, do power moves like that in real life because guess what you're not going to get away with it <laughs> <laughs> I, I guarantee you that <laughs> uh, well let's move on uh, when we when we sort of uh, we, we talk about sort of that now so we're going into the the loudstone entertainment so that's good that's kind of your your brand for all the stuff you're going to be doing whether it be uh, tv film all those uh, kind of things on there as well who is the person that you're going to be doing it with, uh, a guy named Abra? All right, Abra, um, that's his code name. Uh, his, his real name's uh, Andrew. 
And basically, uh, Andrew is a filmmaker who uh, recently got out of uh, college a couple years ago. Uh, we met uh, in Philadelphia at a uh, at a at a at a group at an entertainment group that we knew uh, called uh, Newports and News Philadelphia. Oh, I think I've heard of it. Uh, I think I saw your uh, I think I saw your rap on that. Actually, you know, we'll, we'll talk yeah, about that. We'll, yeah, yeah. we'll talk about that in a moment, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Newports and News is dope, man. And like anybody that's listening to, to this, I, I implore you to just go to their YouTube channel and just check them out, man. Um, they're they're really creative, very underground. Um, they can use a lot of support now, actually, to tell you the truth. Uh, but Andrew and I met. Uh, we both kind of have like the same type of um, background, as in you know, we're black and we uh, grew up in suburban areas, and we uh, are into entertainment. Um, we were both very nerdy. Uh, we both have aspirations to kind of, not even kind of, to create the uh, the type of art that we want to create. Uh, so it was kind of a no-brainer to uh, collaborate and create Loudstone Entertainment together. Yeah. Um, you know, um, Andrew's not a wrestling fan. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, he, but he, he respects it enough to, like, you know, to, to check it out. But it's, that's not, like, his forte. So, like, any right. of the wrestling content that you'll see on uh, Loudstone's channel, definitely from me. But, um you know, uh, Andrew's a very uh, unique, talented individual um, uh, who will have a lot of say in a lot of the filmmaking aspects, a lot of the uh, yeah. web series that we may make, um, a lot of uh, a lot of the anime, and uh, and we're also going to be playing a lot, of, doing a lot of let's plays. Like a lot of video game content will be on the channel as well. And he'll be a part of that. Uh, he's cool. big in League of Legends, so. Yeah, you know, uh, League League of Legends fans can look forward to to that. So, well, there's going to be a lot of stuff coming out from uh, from you guys, and you're all over sort of uh, YouTube. You've also got some merch out on Teespring, your Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and even Abra's on Instagram with uh, some of his photography stuff on there as well, and sort of his daily life um, for there as well. Yeah. So I'll I'll put those on the description to sort of check out as well. And um, you've got your uh, old merch on there too, uh, where you can. Uh, Get yourself a hoodie, get yourself a t-shirt, even an old tank top. You know, uh, have you ever seen Sean Walsh in a tank top? What's that? Have you ever seen Sean Walsh in a tank top? Uh, no, but I'm pretty sure, like, the tank top would basically look like a flag on a pole. Okay. <laughs> All right. Do not, Sean, if you get a tank top, <laughs> just don't wear it on a windy day because people will also... <laughs> Just walk up and start saluting you. And you're like, what's going on? It's just like, oh, it's a flagpole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, God, that's I just hear that kid. <laughs> so uh, one of the things that uh, I was sort of checking out, I'm going to sort of get into that, is to your music. And one of the things I actually want to quickly ask you that's just pop into my, my head is, you know when you left and sort of, sort of went away with the DWF stuff and, and Sean sort of put out, you'd gone... For right. you to sort of not really put anything out to say, I'm leaving, was it a really quick thing that happened? It was sudden. It right. was very sudden. And, you know, um, I actually got a little bit emotional about it because it was just kind of like, it was like a big deal. Like, it, it felt like, okay, all these other interests that I had will have to be on the back burner for what felt like uh, was going to be a really long time, yeah. you know? 
probably wasn't going to watch wrestling, you know, probably wasn't even going to watch basketball or, or write films or, or, or write, or write plays, you know, uh, do anything, watch anime, you know, like, yeah, it's just going to be music 24 seven. And although that is great, it was just like, man, I, I feel like I'm losing a huge part of myself. So it was really hard for me to kind of, to say anything to, to anybody, especially with how quick it was, you know? So when you fast for about three months and <laughs> yeah, well, you never know how these things happen. Sometimes to take you on a, a unique ride, but when you, um, got this sort of initial record contract, how did that come about? Was that something you'd been working towards or was it something sort of right place, right time? Well, I mean, to tell you the truth, uh, now that I think about it, I can't really go into too much detail about that. That's but right. um, what I can say is there was an opportunity. I tried to take it and it gave me a chance to uh, really uh, work on uh, finalizing a lot of my music that I've been working on for years. Okay. And luckily for me, I have uh, ownership of my music, so I'm able to do what I want with it, um, yeah. which is great. Um, luckily, like that, that opportunity didn't go too far to where I basically sold my life away. It, that's basically kind of like where it was going. Yeah. Uh, and luckily, or unluckily depending on how you look at it the situation happens where we're all being quarantined and it just kind of went like well your stuff is being thrown uh, out of the way because you were not really that important so yeah um it just kind of opened my eyes to a lot of things and kind of just said you know i i don't really care about being famous or anything like that or being world yeah. renowned I just want to be able to create my work and one day have it uh, be to the point where I can live off of it sustainably. Yeah. You know? uh, well, reg regardless of the film. regardless of the, the the sort of record contract and things like that, you're going to be releasing uh, uh, a, or I don't know what to call it, an EP or an album. It's going to be coming out on uh, on your own sort of uh, label, but Loundstone entertainment which uh, is going to be be able and out for release tomorrow may 4th 2020 you can pre-order it right now i don't know uh what dollars are for it but in my country it is five pound 94 so if you are looking to spread the love five pound 94 you've got six tracks on this one and one of the tracks on it is black people which i've uh found from your uh on the video of the news channel on the newports and news is there a theme going on in this sort of album where it's talking about sort of certain black rights, a bit of a mixture? Tell me about sort of what the, the sort of idea of this, this album called Significance, by the way, which is called. Yeah, well, the album is called Significance, and um, I've recorded a lot of music over the past four years. This is probably only like 5% of it, and... Um, the the whole idea of of significance to the album is that well it's really an ep but still uh, each song is kind of um my way of seeing finding my own significance in a situation um when you talk about the song black people that song is specifically about uh just being a black person in america you know uh and just uh, all the pros and cons of being black and everything like that, you know, um, 
because it, it complements blackness, but it also points out the flaws of black of blackness. And the whole idea of that is so yeah. that uh, I, I honestly don't know how it is um, in, in your country, but uh, just from my experience in America, there's a certain amount of black people that believe that, you know, they're capable of being able to do anything. Mm-hmm. And then there's a certain amount of black people that believe that they are supposed to be one or two particular things and they can't be anything else that they want to be in life. Okay. So the original idea of black people is, you know, showing how showing both sides of the coin is showing uh, is showing everybody that, hey, listen, just because you're black doesn't mean you're not as varied as a white person is, you know, um, yeah. you're capable of good and bad, just like white people are capable of good and bad. The only thing is perspective. You know, yeah. that's the difference. And for me in particular, I just want people to listen to that song and kind of consider like, you know, maybe stereotyping uh, shouldn't be a thing anymore. Like if, 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 if a black, if one black person can be plant-based and another black person can just eat chicken and waffles all the time, yeah. and then like another black person can be like a relatively healthy black person, well, that's three completely different black people. You don't have to hit us all with the same watermelon joke. And it happens with, uh, within the black community as well. Yeah. So that's kind of, that's kind of my thing, uh, with that. It's just like, you know, it, uh, a lot of times the way, the way you view yourself is kind of like, that's the significant thing about it, you know? And each song, uh, on the album yeah. is me kind of like wondering what, what it is with, it's me trying to find my significance um, in life, really. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, just because, uh, you know, I, there's a lot that has happened to me personally that I don't want to get into um, that sure. has made me kind of kind of look at myself differently. It's made me learn to grow up. It's made me to learn to kind of see the implications of my actions. Uh, it's it also taught me to uh, look at other people and kind of uh, realize who they are and not what I try to make them out to be. Yeah, you know, um, and just trying to find a significance with all of that. Well, talking about those uh, certain issues you were mentioning in those songs on the EP, and but we're going to get into those in a few moments. When you were sort of sort of comparing countries in terms of you know black people and sort of the the people who think they should be one thing and others, is there's not so much of it sort of here as in terms of I, f- I feel like in America there are very hard sort of hard views of certain sort of groups of people sort, sort of um, in, in 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 America it kind of goes from you know American South and, and all these other ones and sort of views and opinions that sort of I guess over here you can't necessarily comprehend because we're not that hard right. As, as I guess to say, when it comes to certain issues, that there's, of course, there is still a divide when it comes to um, certain groups of people. That again, whether it be white people to black people or black people to white people, and you know, when we talk about sort of some of the current issues in society, where it be the the black people, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter or 
you know, the people then saying, you know, blues, blue lives matter and all these kind of things and sort of doing one where it's almost a, a retaliation to the black lives matter and, and things like that. I kind of feel like there's and I, one thing I want to get into, actually, which I did talk on some of my previous uh, podcasts and we sort of dabbled around it. But there's this kind of interesting argument I kind of want to throw by you, which we spoke about, but we kind of dodged over with some of the other pre previous people a lot of times what we see when it comes to sort of debates on tv or anything like when we come to sort of this, this race issue is we see a lot of times now where certain groups uh that aren't sort of the black community sort of coming out and talking about you know their rights and their race and why you know discrimination isn't used in the same way in that way so what i mean by that is as I mentioned, the, the Black Lives Matter and things like that. We recently had an issue in this country, actually, where a uh, a white person came out and said, you know, if you call me, if, if you say I have white privilege, then, you know, you're being racist towards me. Why is that no different to, you know, calling, you know, a, a black person the N-word or, or anything else that are discriminating him against that? And I kind of felt like that argument didn't really weigh down because... You can't use it in the same way because it's, it's almost as if you're looking to be offended. You're looking to kind of be the victim as if it's kind of cool to be the victim. But also at the same time, right. you're kind of making out that people aren't using white privilege against you because it's a, a, just an insult. But it's true in regards to, you know, when we talk about even Asian groups or, or black groups and things like that, they're the, they are the, the groups that have had the discrimination when it comes to history, you know. How many discriminations have you had with white people throughout, you know, the age of history? I was wondering your sort of take on stuff like that. Well, it's such a slippery slope. And, like, honestly, first off, with that N-word, I don't really know how to approach that, to tell you the truth. Because am I going to be on? Like, honestly, my my EP, that N-word is prevalent. It's all over the place. Yeah. Because growing up, it's kind of like this endearing empowerment thing um where you know as as a as an african-american or as a black american or whatever whatever doesn't trigger somebody <laughs> you know yeah yeah uh, it just um for for me in particular you know it's having pride in my skin having pride in who i am um and knowing that that word doesn't necessarily define me because that word's original definition meant ignorance. So the the history of that for me was always trying to belittle the, the black person back in back in the days to make yeah. them realize like, you know, you're stupid, you're an idiot, you're dumb. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of what and that's kind of what triggers that word. And people want to say E R and A and there's a difference and stuff like that. Shut up. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to get that out of the way. Well, just before you before you move on, because we had this conversation before, and you know, people people do have that difference of there is a difference if you use an A, there is a difference if you use ER. White people can't I mean, say it, but black people can say it, and, and the other way around. I mean, yeah, but then uh, here's my thing: it's intent, okay? Absolutely, yeah. Pers like personally speaking, I would rather. Um, I would, I would rather a white person never said it only because I feel like, uh, well, first off, the white people that do get to say it, you're way too excited about it. It's <laughs> like, it, it's, it's very uncomfortable. It's just like, oh my yeah. God, I get to say it. And then all of a sudden yeah, you're like yeah. excited. 
like you're about to like you're Shawn Michaels about to have like a fiery comeback and you just kept up like calm down okay it, that that's why you're not allowed to say the word yeah, yeah it's how right. happy you are to say the word <laughs> um, but uh, like the thing the thing is like uh, sometimes I just kind of like some people just need to learn to just let go of certain you know um, like and by that I mean like sometimes maybe like there's just certain words that you just shouldn't say like yeah. there's a certain word that i'll never say to a gay friend of mine because of the history of that word yeah. learning um what originally it was for a bundle of sticks and then learning that uh back in auschwitz when they were burning the jewish people anyone mm. that was gay wasn't even worthy of being thrown into the into the uh into the uh, chambers so they actually just yeah. burned them in a bonfire which is why they were called a bundle of sticks which led to that f word that i'm not going to say yeah. you know learning the history of that word makes you not want to say that to someone that you have respect for yeah. uh and i have a lot of friends that are gay um uh that i have a lot of respect for um that i, that I will never use that word on them and sometimes I think with the N word, it has to have that same type of yeah um, respect towards it, you know. Um, it and it's weird too because being black, it's like a different thing for a black to black conversation. Um, yeah. I can't really explain it because as much as as much as like. Part of me is just like, you know, don't say the word. I shouldn't be saying the word if I want to really make change. At the same time, I understand why we say the word and why we use it as a term of endearment because our race has been through so much yeah. based off of that word alone. So to take ownership of it is a different thing. But I don't think the gay community is going to take ownership of that other word. Yeah. Uh, so... It, it's it's definitely kind of like a unique situation that I, I honestly I don't think will ever be resolved. But like the whole idea about the song "Black People" was just to kind of sh show black people like, hey, listen, don't pigeonhole yourself just because you're black. You know, you're just as varied, you're just as capable of doing anything that you wanted to succeed at in life as someone that's lighter than you. You know, you just gotta push forward. <laughs> What other songs on the on the on the significance EP are not necessarily the same as black people, but have a a meaning or a story behind it? Is there any others you could sort of tell us about? Um, each song has a meaning to it. Uh, well, Rabbit Hole is the first song on the on the on the album, and it's it's really about just kind of fighting your own demons and trying to climb out of this rabbit hole that you fell into of depression, self-doubt, and yeah. and uh, self-denial, you know, and how you have to, like, fight through it and just climb out of that hole, you know? Um, then um, the song Ride is a, is a narrative. Uh, it's basically just telling, this, telling a story that a lot of men would probably recognize and be familiar with like you know yeah. you meet a girl and the girl's into you and you're like holy crap this girl's actually into me right <laughs> and then all of a sudden the girl's not into you anymore she says that you're bland for not changing or anything like that and she goes after someone that's like a little bit more exotic but that dude ghosts her after like hitting it 
Yeah. Um, and meanwhile, you're feeling a certain way, so you decide to ghost her as well. So now she's just standing there like alone. <laughs> so yeah. uh, it, it's it's a very it's a very interesting um, narrative. And back to what I said about the N word being used a lot in my lyrics. This yeah. song, I, I use the N word a lot in that in this song. I might I might be in the Guinness Book of World Records. <laughs> um, uh, the third song, Tap Dance. I think it. it Tap dance is actually a turn up song. Like I think that's the one. That's the one that's for the club. That's the one that's. Yeah. Um, that's the one that's like very like. The most mainstream it gets on the album, I guess. Um, I got a feature on there. It's a uh, Quave. Yeah. Um, who has an album out called Forge and Attack? I suggest everybody listens to that one as well. Quave. Quave's oh, yeah. such a, a a beast of a rapper. Um, that's just a turn up and everything like that. Um, I'm going to skip countdown for the win because this is a wrestling podcast and that's special for this podcast. But, uh, we talked about black people. Uh, this is 30, uh, is a song that I made for my 30th birthday. And it, in a weird way, it sums up the entire EP in its own right. And it's the first song that I recorded out of all the songs on the EP, uh, which is hilarious. Uh, right, right. You know, and it really just kind of, it's really just kind of like a deep dive into myself and like who I am as a person and the things that I've gone through and how I'm learning to move forward in life. And I feel like it's a song that a lot of people can relate, can relate to, even if you're not 30, you know? Yeah. Um, it's just kind of like this thing of like time limits and, oh, well, I'm this age, so I, I can't, I won't be able to make it, you know? And that's just in the mind. What is, it, what is it? What is it about? What is it about Countdown for the Win that's a bit a bit different from the rest? Well, uh, even though it's a, um, it's a, it's a, it's a song that kind of fits my genre. I'm right. very proud of that song because you know I've decided to lean a little bit more into my fandom and my nerddom in my lyrics, and this is probably the most nerdy I get in this album. <laughs> yeah, and it's actually. The dream is that this song ends up being a theme song for the Royal Rumble one year, because uh. the because the hook is Royal Rumble countdown from the ten, Royal Rumble countdown for the win. There's so many wrestling references in this song. I wonder if people will catch them all. They they, they probably will, because uh, it's it's a very low key relaxed song, too. But it's yeah. talking about how I'm gonna how. I'm trying to find a perfect balance on that old school. Um, K quicker with the truth. I'm getting rowdy. I'm drinking down Steve Weiser's calling roadies. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff. I got the E once in Brooklyn, like my name's Liger. You know, there's there's a lot of different references. I had a lot of fun writing this one. Um, and it's kind of like my whole like little, Ob obvious wink wink nudge nudge to the fact that hey guys i still like wrestling and i'm not gonna hide that at all yeah <laughs> so how would you write down or, or even think up lyrics for a song does it just come to you do you sit down one day and go okay i need to write a song what, do I, what can i think about or are you sort of you've got a beat in your head and some words come in you're oh man i've got to write that down that, that sounds like a, a yeah. really bad line you know, it's the weirdest thing. It does not take me long to write an entire song. Um, 
yesterday I'm work I was working with this producer, his name is Bayo. Uh we're trying we're working on a song that'll eventually be a single that comes out uh at some point this year, I think. Um and we've been working on this beat. It was like our third meeting and the beat is now like it finally came together. And I just sat there and I listened to the beat and I just sat at the computer. In five minutes I had my lyrics. Um it's just once I once I figure out what the beat is and what the tone is and what I kind of what I want to talk about, it's it's just like that. I can't explain it. Um, it's always been like that with me when it comes to writing something towards music. Uh, even back to when I was like eight years old, um, I've always been able to kind of do that um, and make something that that fits me and fits my uh style um regardless of the beat you know i could yeah. write something to a classical uh theme i once wrote something to rick flair's theme just just for fun i wrote a four minute song to rick flair's <laughs> theme just for fun you'll probably never hear it unless i get the rights but, <laughs> uh, yeah good luck with that yeah good luck with that oh my god um but yeah it's, it's just kind of like this weird thing you know, uh, it just it just comes to me. Like, I, I I can't freestyle worth a damn. So like that 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 makes it even worse because right. like you know I could write something just like that, but I can't freestyle off the top of my head at all. I'm I'm very much a writer. So who would you say you sort of listened to growing up that sort of maybe you sort of took sort of parts from to sort of maybe mold into your sort of your career or even just your identity in, in general sort of who you were listening to when you grew up uh just uh based on like my hip-hop style yeah you mean yeah uh, well i like to say there's uh there's a little bit of jay-z there because i grew up and it was just all jay-z all day yeah um tribe called quest um ah yes very, i was very much a tribe called quest kid um uh Vicky Smalls after his death, which is sad because I was so young yeah. that I didn't realize how good Vicky Smalls was until after he died and I got to listen to his two albums on repeat and it's just like this man was so truthful and you just heard you heard the passion in his voice. Uh yeah. even even when it was just like a bunch of like trash talk. It was just passionate trash talk. It was hard to explain. He was definitely yeah. a unique individual in that. And then there's even inspiration in later years. Um, anybody that's known me personally knows that Donald Glover has had the career that I've always wanted. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and like as as a fan of his, I've I've always been such a, like a huge fan of Childish Gambino. Yeah. Um, even from the very beginning, you know. Um, so that's like there's a lot of inspiration for that. I've been told that I sound a lot like him. Yeah. Um, and I've also told I sound a lot like Kanye West too, which um, then I asked them to clarify and they go, <laughs> oh, uh, oh, before 808s and Heartbreak. And they're like, all right. <laughs> all right. That, that, that's that. I'll, I'll rock with that. Okay. Not saying like his stuff after that was bad. It's just, <laughs> I, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. And then also J. Cole. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Out of all those guys you spoke of, who would you say is, um, 
of course, the question is always asked to everybody. Who would you say is the greatest rapper of all time? Ah, oh, damn. Uh, whew, that's tough. Um, I, I want to say Jay-Z out of the people that I named. Yeah. Uh, only because he took what Biggie did and he was able to continue to grow. Biggie has a disadvantage of not being able to grow more. You know, okay. Uh, as an artist, so um, I would go Jay Z, Biggie, yeah, Q-Tip. Ah, of uh, course, yeah. Not a lot of people say right? Q-Tip, you know. Well, if we're going off of the, the the names that I that I that I named off, then Q-Tip would be number three. Uh, realistically, um, I'm leaving out Andre Three Thousand. I'm leaving out Eminem. I'm leaving out. Uh, Tupac, obviously. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm leaving out so many different uh, great lyricists um, that it, that that's such a hard question. Like I, I have a headache right now. Just thinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, I, don't, I don't know if you I don't know if you've uh, checked this out, and I'm hoping you have. There was a uh, a little bit of controversy when there was a a list for the 50 greatest rappers of all time, and oh. It, this was the uh, the fifty fifty. Oh, it's Joe, was this the one with Joe Budden? On yeah, the this list? this was where Joe Budden was number three. Oh yeah, yeah no, uh, Quave and I we we talked about that. We were just like, that's trash. That's absolute <laughs> trash. Whoever wrote, whoever made this list is garbage and just doesn't deserve any respect ever. Like we just went off for like a week. Well, for <laughs> for, any, for anyone out there, I'm not going to go through the full uh, the full uh, fifty list, but I'll do the top ten. Oh. So. In 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 tenth yeah. place is Kendrick. In uh, ninth place is Ghostface. Eight is Biggie Smalls, your favorite guy. Number seven is uh, Jada Kiss. In sixth place is Fabulous. In fifth place is Black Thought. Number four is Styles P. Number three is his favorite guy, Joe Budden. Number two was Nas, and number one was Jay Z. Joe like Bob. who's man is this? Where's <laughs> Eminem? Where's Eminem? Eminem's like number one or number two. You know, like if we're if we're being objective, yes. this is obviously not an objective list. Eminem is either number one, number two. Um, Kendrick being up there, um, I respect that. I like Kendrick. I really do. I I actually think he's top twenty, not top ten, not yet. You know. Well, on this like, list, Eminem is number twenty-eight, which is just that's cheeks, man. That's he, cheeks. he he even got beat by Lupe Fiasco. What's that tell you about this list? Like, what, like <laughs> Styles P is number four. Styles he had P. one hit as a single. I get high. And it's just him talking about how he gets high a lot. Um, that's all. What nuance is that? Come on now. Where's where's cannabis? Where's cannabis? Where where's you know, like the fact first off, Fabulous and Jada Kiss are above Biggie Smalls. I I, I mm, no. <laughs> that's this is not true. Ice that's Cube. Not true. I, see, even I even I have uh, issues with like Killer Mike and Ice Cube being like thirty eight and thirty nine. Yeah, they should be higher up. A lot of people don't respect Ice Cube. Uh, oh yeah. Because because nowadays he's just the owner of the big three and he does a bunch of children's movies and he was in Friday. But like he was 
amazing as a rapper. Absolutely. For real, yeah. for real. Um, there's not there's not enough respect for Killer Mike. Killer Mike is the truth. You know, and one of my one of my weird pipe dreams is like maybe in three or four years I get enough rapport to do a track with random jewels. You know? Yeah. Like that would be amazing. Um I also think Buster Rhymes doesn't get any respect, man. Well, like, he's like 49 on this one. He's like way at the bottom. No respect. I think he's higher than that. I think he should be like top 25. For real, for real. Because just he's, his his delivery was so unique and different, and no one's been able to replicate it since. You know? He got beat uh, by Stack Bundles. Who the hell is that? See, uh, neither do uh, I. I thought you would. No, I don't know who Stack Bundles is. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, sounds like something I would get at my grocery store. That that sounds like that sounds like if you have a Whole Foods and you, like <laughs> that's that's like a a deal online for Whole Foods a Stack, stack Bundles. bundles. <laughs> yeah, get your. Get, get four boxes of honey grain of oats in stack bundles. In stack bundles. Uh, God. Well, we've been running through uh, all the uh, all the, the bits and pieces for uh, Loudstone Entertainment. So in, I know we've got the WrestleMania thing coming up for the rest of the stuff. What what plans do you have in the future to be put on the Loudstone Entertainment uh, actual YouTube well, channel? Well, right now, this week is like the most important week for me editing wise, because I'm also the editor for all the content that's going to be on Loudstone for the most part. Yeah. Um, and the goal, uh, I have a really crazy goal to have two weeks worth of content where there could be at least two videos of something every day on Loudstone Entertainment um, starting Sunday uh, next week with WrestleMania. Okay. Um, so that's kind of what I'm trying to push forward towards. Um, I don't know if I'm going to get there, uh, but uh, right now I'm about a week and a half uh, yeah. with, with my content because there's, there's a lot of Let's Plays. And, you know, uh, one, once, I'm, once I'm, like, ready to go, I think Friday I'm going to actually figure out what the schedule is, what posts, when, and set up the playlist and set it up to all be up, uploaded in time to be to be released at certain times of the day. Um, but there's, it's just, it's just a lot of stuff. I've made my top 10 AEW matches list, uh, not, yeah, including cool. the, not including the empty arena era. I've made <laughs> my top 10 animes of all time personally. Yeah. Uh, which I'm expecting a lot of controversy from a lot of anime lovers because, uh, yeah. Uh, actually, you know, uh, do you watch anime? Well, I was actually having a conversation with someone. I used to watch it, and then I, um, I've i sort of gotten back into it. The only thing I watch is Beyblade Burst, because I quite like that, actually. But I asked uh, someone that came on the podcast, sort of, what would the sort of anime things to sort of get into? What what would you say is the sort of shows to get into anime-wise at the moment? Uh, I'm going to say the obligatory stuff. Uh, My, Hero Acad- uh, My Hero Academia. Uh, One Punch Man, uh, Attack on Titan. Uh, I think if you if you want like some of the my personal favorites, there's uh, Samurai Champloo. Yeah. There's um, this really cool psychological thriller called Erased, 
Yeah. Um, there's um, Cow- Cowboy Bebop, which I'm watching for the first time right now. Yeah. And I'm in love with it. Uh, Fully Cooley, Full Metal Alchemist, Brotherhood. You watch Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, not the 03 one, in my opinion. Brotherhood's the better one uh, because it's the, the one that they actually did with, with care and knowing how it would end. Um, see, they they even did a redo of their of their own anime show, and and they had better results with Brotherhood than they did with the original version of it. Um, there's so much anime out there. Like uh, yeah. I even watch. I even watched Ruby on Rooster Teeth and um, and uh, the other one that the name is escaping me right now. It's got Michael B. Jordan in it, Dakota Fanning, and and David Tennant. Uh, it's like, ah, oh, man, what is it called? I, I cannot think of it. What, whatever. I watched that too. Yeah. And um, yeah, there's a lot of different animes. Fire Force is very exciting for a lot of people. Man, I down. Yeah, or, you know, just when you replay the podcast, which is going to get a, a lot of different replays, um, maybe you can just write down, like, what I'm, what I'm saying and everything like that. But there, there's, there's so many different types of uh, anime out there, obviously. Uh, I've gone, I've run through the gamut on that. I had my, like, yeah, just uh, replay it, and you'll see. Just, just replay it, and you'll be able to write it down. <laughs> well, <laughs> what, in terms of... When you sort of talk about anime, I'll sort of ask you sort of same sort of a question first. Sort of, is there any sort of CAW shows you currently watch at the moment, or any that you get a chance to check out? Um, I have I have to be honest, I haven't watched um, some shows in a while. Uh, I know, and that's mainly because I-, I was away from my computer for a long time, and then when I came back and was able to do Loudstone Entertainment, yeah. haven't had a chance to watch anything yet. Uh, I know the first thing I'm going to watch is GSF. Ah, uh, uh, yes, definitely. Because uh, Ray sent me that video, and once I'm done uh, with this like hell week that I'm going through yeah. uh, right now with editing, I think that's going to be the first show I watch, and then I'm probably going to catch up on AWF uh, called Champions League, uh, ECW Extreme Call Wrestling um, as well. I know they're getting ready to come back as well. Uh, oh, Mick Mug Michaels is certainly weird to come back. Definitely check out that GSF. That uh, that episode six is uh, it's very very good. Some of the the ideas that are done in that uh, in that show are really really good. Especially the ending. The ending blew my goddamn mind. I always find to myself if I know that a show is good, is if I come away from the video and go, man, I'm really really jealous of that. That's what I know that it's good. <laughs> yeah, no, like there's there's a there's a lot of that. Uh, but I remember when. Uh, did, did, do you uh, did you hear of this league called Call Elite Wrestling? Uh, Call Elite Wrestling. I, I remember they started out like almost a year ago, and they had an amazing first two shows, and then they disappeared. Is that the AEW and, one? Um, the 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 wannabe a, the, well, not wannabe AEW, but like the makeshift AEW one. Yeah. Basically. No, I, I haven't. Uh, I haven't seen it. But is it the? I, I, I'm trying to search it up on here now. Actually, in terms of the second episode, it, it's like called Battle Battlefield, and it starts out with a tribute to Harley Race. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm, uh, I, I brought it up here now. No, I've actually never heard of these guys. Yeah, I I, I watched uh, their first two episodes, and that was kind of like 
one of, one of the few times where I sat there and was just like, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> that that was who is it run who is it run by? Ah, uh, oh man, uh, I I only really knew it by the uh, by the Twitter handle uh, called Elite Wrestling. They were going to do like a season two, and uh, I was going to have TGO be a part of it because that's when I was heavy into that uh, scene. But uh, then nothing, you know. They 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 didn't really do anything. Right. Well, okay. So, I mean, there's not really much else you can say about that. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I'll certainly check them out and see what uh, see what there is. What we're going to do, we're going to head on down the road here as we've been talking to AJ Mam about basically everything. We're talking about music, we're talking about wrestling, talking about all things uh, all things CW as well. What I'm going to do with you, Mr. Mam, is I've got to do the old Q&A that I do with everyone. I'm going to ask you uh, two questions that I ask everybody, and then I've got a couple of unique questions just for you that I picked out just for you. So this question might be, uh, these sort of lists might necessarily be... Uh, a bit different because, of course, you've been out of the CAW bubble, but it's still your opinion if it's past guys or quite So, Mr. Mamba, who is the most overrated CAW? Uh, call league or like character? Call wrestling character? Well, Who's character person, overrated? yeah. Oh, god. Ah, uh. <laughs> 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 uh, all right. Okay, and you got to be okay. honest. Yeah, I know. This give, isn't this isn't me, as as I usually say on each one. This isn't, of course, to, to bury anyone. This is just generally people's uh, people's sort of personalities and what they sort of like and don't like. Uh let's see. I'm trying to think. I really am. Because <laughs> um, like, uh, who's who's the most overrated? Uh, I mean, you could look it, at that in, honestly, in different ways in terms. Honestly, of I, no. I got an answer for you. I got an answer for you. Okay. It's honestly Carmen Cortez. For real, for real. Okay. Uh, and and the and the reason why, and I say that, and I'm still a big fan. <laughs> you know, which okay. is crazy. Uh, because I just think like the creator behind it, like he has a vision for Carmen, and he has like a whole story for Carmen. But sometimes it gets a little bit too muddled and too convoluted, uh, which is the problem. The problems that I have with DWF myself, you know. Um, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure there's someone that. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's someone that did this list that probably said TGO was probably the most overrated, which is the whole point. Uh, well, actually, you, you say that when we when we, when I've asked everyone the questions, that we the, the kind of running joke is that people either say Smokey or they say Danny Jackpot, and then there was someone who did say TGO, and I can't remember why they said that. Well, it's because. I mean, because that was my that was the first answer I was going to say TGO uh, to tell you the truth because TGO's everywhere. He's all he's all yeah. he's all over the place. The character looks plain as hell. Looks like just a regular everyday person. Yet he's one of the best of all time. I'm sure a lot of people would would download the character just to beat him. <laughs> you know, is um, is Carmen Cortez the one that um, is the one that everyone complains is sexualized all the time? Um. Or is that someone else? I think, I think uh, Carmen Cortez is one of them. Um, right, okay. I think, I think there's a lot of like, I think she's overly sexualized. Like, there, there's a whole video that Destiny Championship Alliance did. And by the way, uh, I just want to point out, I'm not trashing Destiny Championship Alliance at all. Like, I, I, I'm a fan of of DCA. I think they have a great show. 
they they have one of the most consistent shows out there. But you know, sometimes the whole Carmen Cortez thing gets a little out of hand. They did like this whole uh, documentary uh, about Carmen Cortez. It was like a twenty-minute episode where um, Carmen was getting married to like five different people, right? And oh well, like they like it starts out with her just like shaking her ass, and like someone else comes in. It's really anime-like. It's it, it's very fan service, to tell you the truth. Okay. Um, and like the, like one of the girls come in that one of the girls that Carmen's marrying comes in right and just goes like you know you have to calm down you have to relax and it just like ends with like Carmen being like you want to bang me right now don't you and it's like oh my god um, and then it's like these yeah and then there's like these interviews of like these different um, the different people that she's marrying that same day and how like cool with it they are and they all like end the interview by saying something sexual about Carmen and how hot she is and stuff like that. If anything, it makes Carmen Cortez to me seem like the biggest heel in call wrestling. And it's just like, and the reason why I say that is because it really gives me vibes of like Britt Baker today. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I see what you mean, yeah. You know, because like there was even one point in in the documentary, it's clever, I will say that. Because, like, one person, one of the people she was marrying was just like, oh, come on, Carmen, do I really have to say that about your ass? You know? <laughs> right. Um, you know, I, 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 it's just nuts. But it's just, like, this weird thing of, like, you know, she's, she's very overly sexualized uh, a lot of the time. And it would be okay. Here, here's the thing about over-sexualizing call wrestler. If it was a girl that made the call wrestler... Yeah, and oversexualized the call wrestler. I probably would be a little bit more comfortable with it, but because yeah, yeah, I see. Real here, you know what I mean? That's that's where that's kind of what the problem is, and like how, like the stories about how overprotective uh, the guy is about Carmen Cortez's booking is is legendary. Um, you know, hearing how some shows almost got sabotaged because of how. Uh, anal retentive he was about Carmen winning, you know, um, Carmen overcoming, you know, it's, it's very like, that's why we don't like John Cena. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why, uh, we didn't like Roman Reigns for a long time. You know, that might be why we start to hate Cody in a year. Cody Rhodes. (laughs) Oh God. Yeah. You know, well, you never know. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's kind of, like his booking kind of bearing towards towards that sort of kind of even though he can't never be world champion but he, yeah, man like well i guess in that respect he kind of has to keep losing because people are going to expect him to win a lot of the times but i guess that depends on the way that they do it because if you look at guys like kenny and bucks they've never really pushed themselves at all they've kind of put right. them down as losing quite a lot which is when you look at someone like kenny you wouldn't expect that but actually they've not put them down as the give losses but it worked it, it it's worked though so far yeah. because now like you're looking at the young bucks is like damn can you win the tag titles already can we get this over with yeah and now uh, you look at kenny like you're a tag team champion you're not even in the like yeah. you're not even in the world title picture for real for real like what is going on um mm. and like luckily like all this 
boosted Hangman Page, and now people are finally respecting Hangman Page, which he's needed that respect oh, yeah. all the time. Always been this good. I just give him a beer, I guess. You know. Well, uh, I'm a <laughs> big, big, big fan of uh, AEW. I'm a big fan of the way that they uh, they're taking guys and you know making it unique and giving us different things in terms of not just. Uh, you know, the way that the presentation is or the way that characters are, the way that they push, but just the small things in wrestling that you need, which uh, is, is something you don't necessarily notice unless, of course, you watch WWE all the time because that's almost like a template of, you know, how they do things. But small things like, you know, being a heel or promos or even just things like, as, as you'll know, the referee, the referee mattering a bit more and, you know, doing things that you actually notice the referee being there than just the background. Right, right. Uh, you, it's not that you notice the referee being there. It's just that, you know, shining a light, actually knowing the referees. Yeah, but kinda, having them do more kinda, things. Yeah, it kind of makes them, like, realistic. Like, Rick Knox has a personality as a referee. Yeah. Aubrey Edwards has a personality as a referee. We know her as Girl Hebner now. Um, <laughs> Bryce Rensburg. I got to meet Bryce Rensburg. Uh, oh, screw Bryce, Bryce Rensburg. Because, well, Bryce is from Chicago, <laughs> which is in Philly. And um, all I can say is this. If you ever look up the GCW match where it's the Invisible Man versus Invisible Stan. Oh, man. That's Bryce. That's the referee. That was all Bryce. Okay? <laughs> Bryce refereed a three-star match with nobody. <laughs> okay? <laughs> So, you know, everybody can hate him all, all, you, all you want because, like, he's kind of like the blip. I, I hate to say it, but he's kind of like the buffoon of the referees at AEW. Yeah. But it still kind of, like, has him, like, it, it kind of creates, like, a character for him. It, it creates, yeah. like, his personality. When you watch WWE, like, everybody's just basically a clone of Mike Chioda. Yeah, yeah. And they just furloughed, and they just let go of Mike uh, no. now. So now it's like there's no, there's no, Mike there's no, yeah, there's no personality. Even the one female referee they have, she's not even allowed to really have a personality either, you know. And the thing is, like, even if, even if they have a little bit of personality, it wouldn't take away from the show. It would actually enhance the yeah. universe that you're creating. If like the referees had a personality, if the referees did have an opinion, they they just can't be like. Not to the level of Earl Hebner versus Nick Patrick, no. But <laughs> oh, man. like, give them like, just give them something. You know what I mean? So we're talking about AEW. What what other sort of wrestling do you watch? Do you watch WWE? Because I don't watch it at all, so I I couldn't tell you anything if you were a fan. Um, honest, honestly speaking, um, I only really watch NXT. Right. Um, I. I, I I'm I'm going through my WrestleMania motions right now, uh, where I, I tuned in for WrestleMania. I tried to give uh, the Raw after and the SmackDown after a chance, and and I, and I couldn't uh, because yeah. I, I just felt like like you could do so much more to engage the audience. If all you care about is ratings, why don't you do something to make people want to watch? You know. Oh. Yes. And I feel like the only the only. Um, the only real uh, brand in WWE that's doing that is NXT. And part of me believes that that's because Vince McMahon isn't really over there for that. You know, yeah. how can you, you know, like Vince McMahon has put himself in a conundrum where 
like he really should have retired maybe three, four, five years ago and handed it off to someone else, but he never did. Um, and quite honestly, like that, that's why I'm not, I'm not trying to knock, knock him. I'm not trying to be as vicious as uh, the rest of the internet seems to be because you forget that this man's like what? 74. Yeah. You know, um, come on now. Uh, but you know, like they're, they're, one of the main videos that I'm going to do for the channel is kind of like a conversation piece where it asks, should Vince McMahon retire? You know? Mm. Um, and it just kind of goes into my, my opinion about that because the thing is, you know, top level CEOs of different companies retire all the time, no matter how much blood sweat, yeah. and tears they pour into it. There comes a time when you're just, yeah, it's time to just retire, man. I think and when I'm it comes to that, I think for that, in that regards, it's more Vince being a guy that has that kind of work ethic where it's, you know, I'm never going to leave until I, you know, drop dead. And the thing that I think that, that the issue is with him is anybody in any walks of life, even the wrestling business that we see, gets burnt out mentally. So, of course, what they do is they separate themselves, go away, and then, you know, they come back and they're a bit refreshed. Vince can never, even though you could probably say he would, Vince can never do that. He can never step back and maybe unwind because this is all he knows. This is all he's ever done. So when he steps away, you know, what, what can he do apart from wrestling? So for him, a, a break may be something that would benefit him. But then in his mind, it's something he doesn't do because it's that kind of that, that old school, it's that show, it's sign of weakness. And that's where you can see the difference in, you know, and again, I don't even watch NXT, but, you know, back then you could see the difference in terms of, stories because it's two different ideas it's vince who's kind of doing the you know chunking out the old system of what storylines are what the characters are and that kind of arrogance of well i've been doing this for 50 years you know no one can yeah. tell me an idea that works you know screw the but then i'm like why hire 60 bloody writers so it's that idea of i know what's best that in a way the whole of the wwe is basically designed for an audience of one and that is vince mcmahon and, you know, maybe when yeah. he eventually does go, it, it may change. But it, I think it's just an old guard of the And you could still use old wrestling, you know, ideas. But for him, it's kind of just, I'm going to create a show for the sake of a show rather than what what would excite people. It's kind of just like kind of eh, whatever. But also creating a work environment that's just not, um, that's just a very like pins and needles type of deal. Like, there, there's just so many problems with this with this whole situation, and like you're right, Mr. McMahon's the type of guy that you look at and you say to yourself, he'll never leave. He'll mm. he'll have to die to yeah. to leave WWE. Sadly, um, and that that really that really sucks, man. Like you know, there, there's so much about Vince McMahon that's just crazy. Mm. I, I think to myself, like I would love if Dark Side of the Ring did an episode on Linda McMahon. That's yeah. the story. Um, you know, like, it's just like, man, like, how much did this man sacrifice on life in order to build WWE to be what it is? Like, WWE is his life, you know? But Absolutely. then at the same time, it's like, are you missing out on other things? You have grandchildren, you know? You yeah. have a brother. You, your mother is still alive. Like, yeah, what, is, yeah. what is going on? Well, like, that's, that's know, like, interesting. I'm, I'm glad you, you brought that up because I'm a big fan of Dark Side of the Ring. We've, um, been talking to a couple yeah. of different people on that 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 is a, a really interesting one where you know 
there's because someone said something like they were going to make a Vince movie or something, and Bradley Cooper was involved, and then they said he was involved in the Hulk Hogan one or whatever that was. But you know, I don't know the hell would play Vince McMahon. That's kind of unique, but that is kind of the uh, the the almost the ultimate story of them all. People talk about you know who would you want to you know have who would you want to have that an inevitable dinner you know with anyone in the world, and people when it comes to wrestling will say you know Hogan or Austin or even Taker because it's a mysterious Taker. But for me, it's Vince. You know, think about what you could get out of Vince in terms of everything and just working out, well, just anything, really, you know, if you, if it's that kind of metaphorical, you know, who, if you could have dinner with anyone in the world, who would it be? And, and that would be my guy because it would be more of, you know, how how can one person be so involved in one thing and sacrifice and cut out everything else, whether it be, you know, family and hobbies and, you know, whatever else it is, but everything is the WWE team. Right. Yeah, you know that's a that's a very good point. You know, um, good God, like that that is such a unique individual, and you know I say that knowing that you know I don't know what's going to happen for me once this quarantine and uh, wrestling wise as a referee. You know, I originally trained to be a manager, but I will say this: I went into uh, I went into this never wanting to work for WWE. I know that sounds crazy, mm. but you know, like my my dream is to be like a key like manager, the independent, you know, kind of yeah. like the Bobby Heath of, of the independents. Now, for that, I think I need some additional training <laughs> as a manager, uh, clearly. But like, it would have been cool to like, dude. I was such a fan of Defiant Wrestling. It killed me that that company like. Oh right, yeah. Is gone. Um, I'm a subscriber to ICW. Um, oh. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm that type of guy, you know. Um, Rev Pro, uh, like just traveling out there and, and going to those those indies, um, and that that would have been that would have been me making it. To tell you the truth, if I would have like refereed a, a defiant show or was a manager on rev pro for one night you know that that would have been like the pinnacle you know and then obviously doing bar wrestling in la for for some for something and zelo pro in uh, chicago well we could have a, a sort of conversation about uh british wrestling and why a lot of those kind of went under and nxt uk which is part of why i don't watch it but that's a whole another conversation that's a whole can of oh yeah that certainly is but what i need to do actually is because we kind of went off topic i asked you who was the most overrated caw so now you're going to tell me who (laughs) under underrated caw is most underrated caw most underrated call yeah um john blackos john blackos why do you think that uh john blackos um you know a lot of people are giving him opportunities and stuff like that he's showing up a lot but I, I don't think people realize how how good his call is. Like his call is a is a is a basic call. Like if if you look at it, it's not really that hard to recreate John Blackos in the video game. But the guy behind the character uh, brings a lot to the table. Uh, he's always available for voiceover. He's always uh, very respectful, and and he's always really excited about 
about like his character uh, doing something. He's always game for like different ideas and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. And you need you need more of that in in car wrestling, you know. Like this this hobby, man. Like it's it's such a um, it's such a unique hobby to have that mm. you know you just don't want to deal with. Uh, I don't know if I can curse or not, but like. Yeah, you can say whatever you want. Okay. All right. You just don't want to deal with dicks. You know, that, like, that was the worst you're gonna say, Dick. I mean, yeah. <laughs> in that moment, was, I don't know. No, like you just don't want to deal with dickheads, man. Like it's just, I, and there's a lot of them out there. You know, you gotta weave through the dicks. Weave through the dicks, absolutely. Yeah. Well, before we uh, head on down the road, and uh, I want to appreciate Mr. AJ Mama for giving us his time to talk about everything that I've been thinking, everything to uh, to, to speak out on. What we're going to do is I'm going to pick a little question from my uh, little randomizer of questions, and uh, you're going to answer them for me. So just bear with me a moment while I rack them up and do the old shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. And the question is to you, which famous person would you never want to meet? Never want to meet. I never want to meet. Oh, man. It's crazy. Like, it, it, there's one name that's just popping in my mind, and I'm automatically trying to search for other names in my head, but, like, this is the one. And it, it just hurts me to say this, but I don't ever want to meet The Rock. <laughs> oh, right. Is it and, because of kind of making you feel like, He's better than you or something. No, no, not that. Not that at all. Uh, first off, The Rock's the reason why uh, I stayed as a wrestling fan. I, I originally, the very first show I ever saw as a wrestling fan was WrestleMania 12. Good first start. So okay. Goldust and Piper is the reason why I'm I'm a wrestling fan because that, that thing drew me in. Yeah. And then to see The Rock, it's kind of like a representation thing. You know, growing up, I, I used right, to look right. a lot like The Rock. My my middle name is Dwayne. My last name is Johnson. You know, yeah, right. I used to have the sideburns. I, I used to make up words in school so I could get away with saying the word pussy. You know, like, <laughs> like pie, you know what I mean? You got some of that pie. Oh, my God. No. And then, like, he went into movies and stuff like that. The Rock's character in 2000 is the reason why I wanted to be an actor. You know? Yeah. Um, but the, the reality is this, man. Like, I've put so much hype into how great this guy is. I just don't want that reality to be demystified. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, like, you know, it, 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 if I have a chance to meet him, don't get me wrong. I'm going to be like, oh, hey, hey, you're the rock. Don't break my hand. Uh, but at the same time, it's just like, you know, you always hear that thing of like, don't meet your heroes. And I lived in L.A. for, for about a year, and I, I met a lot of celebrities out there. Um, and meeting them, you know, you have like a, a certain mindset of like how they are and how, how they are as people, and then you meet them, and you're just completely disappointed, they, and, and yeah. they let you down. There was, there was one person in particular I met that's, he, oh my God, he's horrible <laughs> in real life. Yeah. You know, and, and like, hopefully he doesn't get a scandal anytime soon, because then the world's going to find out just how horrible he really is. 
uh, he didn't do anything to me, but just like just seeing how he treated women, it was just kind of right, part of right. It. Um, but yeah, like, and you know, that's kind of unfair to put on the rock. I mean, he's just a human being, and yeah. like you know, yeah, I, I, I can't see your point. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just like, damn, I, I don't want you to just turn out to be just some gigantic, gigantic asshole. <laughs> uh, you know, like that—that that would suck. I—I I, like, I think though, with anybody in the freaking world who ends, turns out to be a dice dude, it's probably Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, and like I—I—I uh, I, I agree, but then there's just like that fear, you know. Yeah, I, 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 I hear you. I was—I was, I was, I was trying to think of other names because I know like my fear is unfounded, but at the same time, it's like I don't know. One—one one of the—one uh, of the first. Uh, sketches we're going to film for Loudstone Entertainment is an actual sketch uh, that I pitched to The Rock's like uh, published uh, public, pu um, Seven Bucks Productions yep. years ago. Uh, it never got picked up. Uh, but uh, it's just going to be like this thing where we're, we're just we're just going to film it anyway and we're going to see what happens with that. Because it's, it's, it's a very comedic thing. I, I've written a lot of sketches because, like, um, one of the things I wanted to do was, uh, at one time, was be a writer for Saturday Night Live. Uh, but, wow, yeah. But then kind of just seeing the structure of Saturday Night Live firsthand, they, it, it, it kind of made me realize that it's not for me. But, oh, those structures that they do, like, all week long, they, like, kill themselves for that flipping show, like, from well, early in the morning to night, and how long they put the scripts for, and how long they do it for, and do the night and everything uh, like that. Yeah, I, I shouldn't have said structure. It's more like the political game behind, like, what, what scenes get written and stuff like that. Right, know? right, yeah. And it's just, like, it's, it's just a bunch of crap. But, um, you know, like... I had to sketch for The Rock that I that I just wrote one day, um, and it's definitely going to be one of the first things we film uh, once we're allowed to be around people. So, yeah. yeah. Well, we have covered a lot with Mr. Mamba, and uh, if you're looking to check out any of his music, as I mentioned, you can buy Significance uh, from the Google Play Store, and also. Hopefully, will it be up on streaming platforms at some point? Uh, it's it's supposed to be up on all streaming platforms tomorrow, but the only one that we that I've gotten confirmation on is Google Play and YouTube. To tell you the truth, okay. But it's going to be on Spotify. It's going to be on Title. It's going to be on Deezer. It's going to be everywhere. Um, it's just probably going to take. It's probably just going to roll out a, a little by little. Um, sure. But uh, what I wanted to say to people, if you wanted to. Uh, follow the status of significance uh, that EP, or if you just want to follow uh, what we're doing with DWF and Loudstone Entertainment and everything like that, uh, follow me on um, Instagram. Um, you can follow the Loudstone uh, Instagram at Loudstone88, all one word. Uh, you could also follow our Twitter, uh, which is loud underscore stone88. Um, and we also have a Facebook page uh, for Loudstone Entertainment. Uh, really, um, if you find our link tree, which, uh, Jemko, is the link tree going to be in the description for this? It certainly will. I will do that, absolutely. All right. Yeah. So if you go to the link tree, you'll find all the links to 
uh, buying the t-shirts uh, to our YouTube, which is like the biggest thing. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, and our Facebook, our Twitter, our Instagram, and our personal Instagrams for myself, AJ Mamba, and for Abra as well. Um, you know, it, it's going to be a very, a really exciting uh, month for May. Uh, for me, uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm really, I'm really giddy and really eager to really just put the stuff out there and just see what happens. You know. Um, it, it, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be great. It'll be great. I was actually going to do all that for you, but you kind of did it yourself. But that's okay. You, oh, uh, my you bad. Get... <laughs> I was like, oh, hey, man, teamwork, dream work, baby. Okay, okay. You sit there. You've been, you've been, you've been in the, you've been in the rain. You know, you hit the drop. You hit the. Drop I went for the hot tag, baby. Like that. And you know, you need that hot tag. I came in the house of fire. Okay. So you know. Well, I I definitely gave the hot tag to Mr. Mamba, and he got in with the comeback. And uh, yes, I'll certainly put the link tree uh, in the description. That's where you can basically see everything um, as it's all on one link, rather than sort of trying to remember the uh, trying to remember the links, and everything like that. Uh, I appreciate you, Mister Mamba, coming to the FWZ podcast, talking about uh, all different things. Is there anything you'd like to say before we head on down the road, as we say? Uh, yeah. To uh, first off, to all the car wrestling fans. Um, I can't thank you enough for all the support over the past, God, 12 years. That's crazy. Uh, thank you so much for uh, giving a damn about this uh, bald-headed black dude from Philly that's uh, a wrestling. I, I want to just say this, like, making DWF uh, from the beginning again, um, this is uh probably going to be the most fun i've i've ever had making dwf because now there's going to be a point to everything you know it's not going to be ridiculous it's not going to be stupid um it's it's there's, there's not going to be continuity issues it's all going to be um it's all going to follow a certain plan in a certain uh uh certain form and it's going to be it's going to be great so please by all means i'm looking at the date right now it is going to be it's may 3rd that we're filming this and on may 10th sunday may 10th 2020 dwf wrestlemania where it all begins again it will be the first video that posts on loudstone entertainment's page and then we're off to the races from there constant videos of the music of the anime opinions the wrestling uh, believe it or not, Jamco, uh, I'm I'm going to be doing a podcast as well uh, for oh, wrestling, and I would love and would love for you to be on it uh, with me. Uh, that sounds at, good, at brother. Point, you know? Well, so, I will uh, certainly uh, look yeah. forward to that. We'll be looking forward to all the uh, all the interesting things coming out with Loudstone Entertainment, and uh, we'll certainly be giving the promotion once that WrestleMania does come out. And you can invite me on to the podcast to discuss the ten worst Scott McShannon matches um, in CAW because I know a lot of them. Basically, they're oh, all of them. They're, they're all of them. <laughs> oh God. Shit, the king of the north. Oh God, the, 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 the king, the king of the north. Gotta love the king of the north. I, uh, uh, I, like, I like, I like to rip him all the time. It's funny. He, know, he. I love uh, him, Scott, Scott McShannon, man. Ah, oh, dude, <laughs> he's awesome. <laughs> that pop, that popped me so good. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, love a good old rib for uh, old Scotty McShannon. 
All right, so that's all uh, all the time we have on the podcast. We'll be coming to you with a Q&A next week. But from me, that is all on the FWZ Talk podcast. I've been talking to AJ Member, and I'm going to catch you down the road. Peace. FWZ Talk is available on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Check out all things FWZ on the FWZ Collection channel. Ah!